0: Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Megan Shoffrey. I'm a filmmaker and production coordinator at R. Frank Photography.
1: I'm Jesse Olszewski, a filmmaker and project coordinator at the Greater Erie Film Office.
0: This week, our Film Grain Dinner and a Movie series features the 15th anniversary of Mean Girls. Our guest on the podcast this week is photojournalist Matham Bashaaga. And our roundtable discussion will focus on making Erie arts more inclusive for our new neighbors.
1: All right, let's talk about Film Grain, which is our dinner in a movie series Wednesday nights at the Bourbon Barrel at 1213 State Street in Erie. We have a big 16-foot screen. Um, Meal is included with your ticket price.
0: Um, We have couch and table service all night long. You can reserve table seats for $12 and couch seats for $15 through filmsocietynwpa.org. Just click on Events.
1: Come check it out. This Wednesday, it's very exciting because we are showing Mean Girls on its 15th year anniversary. So exciting. Uh, And they've actually gone and done a little something extra this week. Uh, Point Four Vintage Boutique is going to have a pop-up shop. There's going to be a pink outfit contest, Mean Girls trivia, Positivity Jars, which is our spin on the bum book pink specialty cocktails, and more in celebration of the 15th anniversary. And I'm going to make a confession to all of you listeners that I have never seen Mean Girls, which I am constantly berated for by my friends and family.
0: You know how I could tell that you've never seen Mean Girls? Because <laughs> you said bum book instead of burn.
2: And it's not 16 <laughs> inches. It it's 16
1: <laughs> Okay, Absolutely. 16 foot screen. There's a burn book, which I'm assuming has something to do with the plot.
0: It's a, it's, it's a mean book.
1: It's a mean book. Yeah, I think I learned everything I needed to about Mean Girls when I was in high school and don't need to see the movie. But I will be there.
0: <laughs> and you better have the best pink outfit on.
1: Everyone will be in pink. So come <laughs> check out Film Grain at Bourbon Barrel this upcoming Wednesday.
0: this week we have a photojournalist, Maytham Basha-Aga with us. How are you doing, Maytham?
2: I'm well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Good. Yeah,
0: thanks for being here. So why don't we just start off with talking about, you know, a little bit about your background. Just kind of tell us who you are.
2: Uh, Well, my name is Maytham. Um, uh, I was born and raised in Iraq. Um, I went through the 1991 Gulf War, I was three years old, my brother was five, and literally that's when life started. Uh, I was right there when the grenade blast went off and the shrapnels end up getting in my body and end up blinding my brother. So in 1995, we made my, my mom, my brother... And myself, um, we made an escape to Iraq uh, to Jordan to try and to join our father who already received a resettlement location in here, Pennsylvania. But our visa process was denied in Jordan, so we had to go back to Iraq. And in two thousand, uh or I should say, yeah, in two thousand we escaped Iraq again to Jordan. That's when we got our visas. To be honest with you, while in Iraq I think I learned Um, how to be humble I learned about life in general Uh, I was making kites on the street just to sell them just to get by I would leave school early just so I can go and buy plastic bags and sell at the market I feel like that prepared me for my outlook on life so in 2000 when I came to America came to erie pennsylvania it was my first time seeing snow it was february 2000 and i was like oh my god white sand i would never seen this before especially in erie and especially in erie and it's cold, it's and it's cold, cold. yeah and i was with uh, shorts and t-shirt and um it was my first time seeing our father in nine years and uh, being reunited was something special especially for my brother because he couldn't like he can't see so i remember my brother going up to my dad and just feeling his features So that was something special, and really that's when kind of adjusting to the American culture started as well. So I didn't understand a single word of English at the time. I didn't even know how to spell my own name. So I was enrolled at Wilson Middle School. Uh, I'm proud to say I graduated from the Erie public school system. So Wilson Middle School, then from Wilson Middle School, went on to East High School. And both of those, I was in the ESL, English as a Second Language Program, and then moved on to uh, Edinburgh. So I came here in the criminal justice program and started criminal justice, graduated in 2010. Uh, Matter of fact, we're sitting here where actually I I was, I think, working about 20 hours a week at this computer lab. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I worked here. And so really, to be honest with you, I felt like even when I graduated and then moving on to the nonprofits, I felt like I was missing something like, and that is to try and to spread the refugee and immigrant, uh, immigration, or I should say immigrants in Erie, Pennsylvania, which we kind of now refer to as the new Americans. So we have taken those words out and we just said, you know what, in new Americans is the thing. So Pennsylvania, all over America, and so that's when I really picked up the camera, in 2014, I picked up a camera, and I remember I wanted to go back to Iraq, and that was my first time going back to Iraq since 2000. So, and that's when I photographed the Syrian refugees in northern Iraq, then ISIS came in, then photographed an ISIS protest. And that's where really my photojournalism kicked off.
0: Had you done any photography while you were at Edinburgh or no? Uh,
2: to be honest with you, I, at that time, like, I didn't know much about cameras. I didn't know much about anything about the arts. But I wrote an article when I was, like, volunteering with refugees in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, and then that's when I kind of wrote a an op-ed to the Erie Times News. And I said, that's why we should accept refugees in Pennsylvania and literally that when I said you know it's time to pick up a camera and I remember following Jared Beringer he used to work for the AV Times News he now lives in Atlanta and I literally took me took me like few months before I even actually said okay I'm ready to go out so I learned through all that process through him for sure
0: oh okay okay so it's kind of like a little internship almost almost
2: yeah, yeah absolutely
0: and what were you doing between when you graduated then you picked up the camera what sorry what were you doing between that time
2: absolutely so i worked in the nonprofit sector so i worked for ganondale with high-risk youth at-risk youth i should say and then moved on to ocy office of children and youth and from that i moved on to say a reed children's center and then f- 2014 when i started my foreign journalism career then I'm, when i went to iraq then i came back then i joined the united peace united states peace corps which really has been the highlight of my, I would say my career. Because to be honest, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would be here because it taught me so much about community engagement, about diversity and inclusion, and that's what I've been trying to promote, so yeah.
0: Okay, and um, so we have here like little notes about world travels and photography and yeah. fashion. So mm-hmm. have you done fashion photography before?
2: I love Love, love, fashion, like that is one of my strengths. like I can take somebody out to a mall and I can style them out for a photo shoot that's what that's what I do, and even when i do when I get ready to do photo shoots, I'm always meeting up with makeup artists meeting up with the client just to make sure what kind of outfit that she's gonna bring,
0: okay, great, mm-hmm. and how did you go from you know criminal justice photojournalism, to getting into like fashion photography
2: well. I think because I I when I did, my peace corps service was mostly well in Africa and it's hard to go to Africa without fashion being in your face. So you get the people with the bright colors, their greens and all this and I think what was challenging is because in the peace corps you couldn't really involve in anything politics because you're you're there as a visitor. So that's why I kind of said, you know what I'm going to photograph the beautiful people with their outfits and things like that. But overall, journalism, photojournalism is my strength, and I really love storytelling. So I would say, yes, fashion is my primary, but I also do other things as well.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Um, And when did you do the Rust Belt New Americans showcase?
2: So uh, that was really an interest in how that turned out. <laughs> so... uh. And so when I was in the Peace Corps, I became active as a photographer, but also as a social media advisor. So I advised NGOs on how to do social media, such as I would go out with them on the field, take photos, help them put these photos for a grant, help them um, do a social media plan. So when I was near the end of my Peace Corps service, there were three options. There was to go to graduate school in, in South Africa, already there was already a job on the table in Botswana where I did my Peace Corps service, but I felt like it, through social media you see there was Erit being such a hot spot about you know politics coming and say oh GE is you know suffering and this, but I felt there is another part of Erit that is missing that is not being highlighted. So I literally reached out to Adam and Brian and I said hey. I want to come back to Erie, and I want to work for the reader. And so I came back, I had my first meeting with them, and they were like, what do you want to do? I said, "Here, what I want to do. I want to cover the New Americans of Erie. And that's how the Rust Belt New Americans came about.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Um,
1: And and could you just, for people who may not be familiar with that part of the reader, uh, what actually is the Rust Belt New Americans?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, my goal, actually, I did this a uh, three-month project, and I went to people from Congo, from Iraq, from Syria, and kind of interviewed them how life was at home, how life at a refugee camp, and how life in Pennsylvania. And what I really looked at is through all aspects of life. So, for example, you have somebody who comes here to die they're blind. They cannot work, but you also have people who made it in life, who are very successful, like uh, the Jefferson Educational Society executive director for Kiforati. He had he, his story is incredible. So I looked at all those and I kind of like photographed them. Got this story, and pretty much I also what I really wanted to get out of this is that all these people, like we all didn't have a choice. Like we were kind of uprooted from our home country. So I always say when I do these lectures and things like that, imagine if you're here in your Pennsylvania, you have your house, you have your car, you have your kids, you have your iPads. And one day a war started and they were like, oh, you're going to flee to Canada and Canada going to go like, well, you're going to Iraq and literally you don't know the language now you got to learn arabic and you got to learn about the culture and this and that so i i think through that photojournalism i uh, photojournal i also kind of was an advocate and also wanted people to understand
0: right <clears throat> and what year was that, that that came out
2: that came out in february of
0: 2017 okay Okay, so pretty recently.
2: Pretty recently, then I left, and I believe uh, I went back to Botswana after releasing that photo journal, and I believe I came back about six months later after that, and that's when uh, I was approached by Menagerie Studio to this into a film, and so far, the Rust Belt, New Americans film, I believe, has been accepted into eight film festivals around the U.S.,
0: Oh, okay. So it's been made into a film. Mm-hmm. Okay, twenty-three
2: minutes. That's well. a twenty-three short film. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that anywhere that people can view it, or now? No, Is it still it, 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 it's still in the festival circuit. It's still in the festival
2: circuit. However, you can watch the promo. It's on, like, literally, you, uh, in Americans dot com, I believe. Okay. And uh, also, we have a Facebook page. Uh, but at the moment, we are actually have. Have high hopes for it. We're getting ready to pitch as well.
1: I can speak from experience that it has been shown around town and every time it sells out, and that's why they've kept showing it more than once. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like there's a good message in there, and I'm sure everyone would like to watch it.
0: Do you know if there are any sh- upcoming shows in the area?
2: Not at the area, okay. not at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Not at the moment.
0: I also see here that you were a teaching artist at Erie Center for Arts and Technology as well.
2: Yes, I moved back completely from overseas April 1st. April 1st, I said, you know, it's time to go home and just focus on work. At the moment, home is Erie, but it really depends on where I'll end up in a year or so. But right now, my focus is to do, help out as much as I can. And I remember landing here April 1st, I had my first meeting with Daria I think it was like April 4th or 5th. And that actually, the introduction happened through Patrick Fisher. He's such a, like a people's person, and he's always introducing people. So with that, uh, Daria pretty much, I did the similar project when I was in Botswana. If you find her Botswana, so I went to various villages and taught photojournalism to kids and things like that. So Daria pretty much said, hey, I kind of want to do the same thing here in Erie. So she's launching Erie Center for Arts and Technology, and they'll do, we'll be doing the photojournalism pilot program, and I'll be teaching that now.
0: Okay, great. And do you know when that's going to be?
2: Absolutely. So it'll be from July 22nd to August 16th, from, we're looking for, for ninth to 12th graders, and pretty much... They get to learn like the rule of third. They get to learn Lightroom and Photoshop. Uh, we will be ordering cameras, so we're looking at a Canon T Six I. Oh, great! So because we're our overall goal also to move into film as well, uh, helping um, uh, helping high schoolers do into uh, get into that as well. But we'll also take them to Pittsburgh because we're overall we're going after the Bidwell module from Pittsburgh. So, they have the Bidwell, uh Center in, in Pittsburgh, and they also get to be on the Jazz Festival. They'll get to photograph the Jazz Festival, and their final project will be exhibited as Celebrate Erie.
0: Oh, great. That sounds like an awesome program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. that's really cool that they're getting into film, too.
2: Absolutely. That's why we're ordering the T6I. So, yeah. we can have the interchangeable <laughs> lenses. Absolutely. Smart yeah, movie. that's
0: awesome. Um, do you have any more questions?
1: No. I feel like we didn't even have to ask.
0: I know. <laughs> I <can laughs> yeah, you're tell really you, good at this. <laughs> you've
1: told your story many times, I can tell. Um, but let's just kind of transition into the the new Americans in Erie and then the arts community in Erie, which is pretty huge. And how do we bridge that gap? What are some of the challenges and what are some of the solutions? Yeah. I'm sure you have some thoughts. Well,
2: I, I think we're... What we've seen is uh, the dynamics is changing. Like, let's just be straight to the point. Uh, White, um, you got Caucasians, you got older white people. People are moving out of the city. And the new Americans are pretty much are contributing to the economy. Population decrease, Erie is decreasing population. But the new American population is actually increasing. So if we look at the overall, we're at about 18%. So that is a huge number. However, we are so good at preaching diversity inclusion, but I think I've been the biggest advocate on this when I say this, that diversity inclusion is being preached but it's not being implemented. So I can have a company and I can say, oh, we need to do diversity inclusion, but let's look around the room is diversity inclusion do we see diversity inclusion i don't don't think so so with that being said is that that's my goal even when i sit in meetings and things and that i said in order we need like in order to a city to grow in order to a city to become more than a city it becomes a community so you'll have events you have people from all over like 76 percent like 76 Cultures are represented Erie. So you have people from all over the place. But yeah. when you, there is an event that happens in downtown, you don't see that at all. Is outreach taking place? I don't know. And if, it's our, if your outreach is taking place, how strong is it? Who are you spreading your message to? So that's where I really, like, I kind of come in and I've been kind of the center of this that we need to do more. We need to do more. I am honored that, um, eerie arts and culture has put me on their diversity and inclusion board uh, matter of fact i just received uh, a grant as well to do the um, a new americans businesses tour so i go around and show people about uh, about the new uh, about the markets and restaurants in Erie, Pennsylvania that are owned by new americans so and going back to being an art like I'm just, I'm the only new American that works in downtown, like who is involved in the arts and this and that. Like, I look at myself, like, I mean, I go to Amber and Forge. I'm like, yeah, I'm i am the only <laughs> one. So um, my goal is to, actually, when I talk to people in the community, is that how do you do it, Nathan? How did you leave the community to go and work with these individuals? I had to find myself. Like, I had to go and reach to people. No one came to me and said, oh, Nathan, we're going to help you do this, help you do that. I think I worked hard for where I'm at, and I'm really proud of that. But to be honest with you, I feel there's so much work that needs to be done, and that's why I decided to come back to Erie.
0: Right. And what are some of your suggestions for, like, implementing those, you know?
2: Here's a... You got... The Western society, were such an individualistic approach. We kind of, you turn 18, you go rent your own apartment, you pay your bills. In our culture, it's not. We're about community approach. So if you do something, it doesn't just affect you and your brother or your sister. It affects the whole entire community. So my suggestion is you need your, your community outreach need to be strong. Your community engagement, you need to be strong. Don't come here and tell me, oh, I'm scared to go into a mosque. Don't come here and tell me you're scared to go into a certain place. That is like literally, are we filtering this? That's completely BS on that. We are people. We are individual. Yes, we have our own culture. We have our own food. We have our own this and own that. But at the end of the day, we want to know what the American culture is about. We want to know how we, we can work. I know people who want to be police officers, I know people who want to work in the city, but they're not getting the chance. The only chance they're getting that is working at plastic shops, and guess what? They're tired of that. And so when people decided, you know what, I'm tired of working at a plastic shop, I'm going to move to the next city, then people tell come in here, oh, wait, why people are moving? Why the new Americans are moving? Look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has about 30,000 Bhutanese living there in that city and surrounding. Can Eerie become that? Absolutely. But are we doing something about it? I don't know. Uh,
1: I'm curious, have you ever met any new Americans who want to get more active in the arts, but they're maybe too afraid to like come forward or they don't know what resources are available to get themselves in?
2: Uh, absolutely. I think that's, that's where it is, is resources. And I know about these resources because I kind of took myself out and did my outreach i start working whether in downtown so when i worked in downtown that kind of people go like well you should try out for this you should apply for this you should write a proposal for this but you have all these communities there they want to know about these things but there are not enough outreach there is not enough people going mm-hmm. there and say hey this is what we have for you
1: it's like we need to meet in the middle
2: there's no, we so, need yeah, no, no
1: system in place in to place, get that information i mean out. i
2: I went to people, and I said, people who have been here 15 years, 15 years, business owners, and I said to them, you know, there's like a small grant for you to start a business, like the flagship grant and this. They were like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I was like, oh, if you do, like, you can apply through the city. You can get these grants and this. No, no, they never heard about it. And to be honest with you, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I think to be I'm getting more frustrated about it then actually kind of like saying oh this is how we should do it no i think we need to come together and especially right now especially right now there is so much in Erie and so much about populate to maintain that population maintain this but you can't tell me you want to maintain that population with the same approach from 5 years ago or from 10 years ago things need to be changed and things need to happen fast because guess what the Bhutanese uh, population in here is is decreasing. They're moving. And a lot of, and trust me, when you have a Syrian family that comes here, if they have an uncle that lives in Arizona, if they have an uncle that lives in Detroit, they're going to join them. Because at the end of the day, they rather go with their uncle who already has developed a business right. rather than stay here and work at $8 per hour.
0: Right. Because they just don't know about those resources that. Are available or need to be available? Yeah, yeah.
2: And to be honest with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think the Erie Arts and Culture. I I came back like April first, and I met Patrick right next day, and I think working with him and seeing what that whole Erie Arts and Culture is doing, they're definitely trying to make changes. Mm-hmm. And
1: for anyone who doesn't know, Patrick Fisher is the executive director at Erie Arts and Culture.
2: And uh, having him coming from an outside and coming outside of viewpoint as well, I think is really impressive and of what he's doing. And I also got to say this, if it wasn't for my Peace Corps service, I I wouldn't be here in the way that I was in my community. I was worried about my community. I didn't know much about city council meetings I didn't know about county council meetings. I didn't really knew who was the chief of staff for the former mayor. But when I went to Peace Corps and Peace Corps was preached all about community engagement, community engagement, I couldn't, I didn't start any single project without involving 15 community leaders because I knew if I didn't have those community leaders support, my project would go, it will be a disaster. So coming here after Peace Corps, literally, I was all about that. And I'm I'm going to continue about that.
0: Yeah. And is that something that you continue to, like, talk to people about to try and get them involved in those types of things and, like, understand that mentality, basically?
2: Absolutely. I, I think I, I sit with important people at the table. I sit with people who are really trying to figure life out to people who have high positions and I think no matter where you're at, at the end of the day to with Ewe today and we are trying to make changes, we are trying to move it forward. No matter where you at, we still need to come together. Yeah. And that something needs to happen and it needs to happen fast.
0: Do you think we're moving that way a little bit or I
1: mean it sounds like we're right at the beginning.
2: Yeah. Honestly. Uh, yeah. So absolutely. So I'm not like um, I'm I'm not gonna be critic to anybody. But I I I tell you, I'm gonna go back to my point in the beginning. You can sit and talk about diversity inclusion, diversity inclusion, but if you're not implementing diversity inclusion in your organization, in your town, in your community, wherever you're at, it's it's even useless, pointless talking about it.
1: I know we've done, um, before there was Film Grain, we had film at the Erie Art Museum, so it was mm-hmm. a different venue, but we did some uh, foreign films and documentaries, and we actually had a panel with a lot of Erie refugees and mm-hmm. learned a lot about the process of how refugees come to town and how it, it can take years and years. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Erie people have like no idea that exists or the details behind it. So maybe we need to educate them more, um, for the listeners at home. Could you recommend people who want to get involved, mm-hmm. who are hearing what you're saying, Absolutely. can you make a recommendation for ne- a next step? Absolutely. So I think, yeah, I think we're so good at judging
2: before getting to know the story and I think we're tired of like, oh, we're here to take, you're here to take our jobs if you if you look at it like the only jobs we can pull off is is those plastic shops that's the only jobs working at a plastic working at manufacturing do i sit at a table where uh, or do i sit at a chair where i'm the decision maker not at all and i honestly don't think it's going to happen anytime soon at the end of the day i still remind myself that hey i am from a different country and i'm going to be blessed Getting a twenty-five thousand a year job or thirty thousand a year job, because I know me getting that fifty thousand dollar job is like zero to none chances. Because at the end of the day, I'm not from here. I come from a different country. So when you, when you like a lot of people think like, oh, well, you look at this and you look at that. No, I have a pretty good track record of work. I traveled. I lived in, f- this is my fifth country, I traveled the world. And when you say, you sit at the table, oh, we need somebody from this and this and that, but at the end of the day, the same press release you put on looking recruiting for refugees and immigrants, then when those uh, refugees and immigrants apply for that position, guess what? That job is gonna go to somebody who is white. Uh, Erie native. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Erie native. Because we're we're not put at that decision decision making, but uh, talking about resources and I think the IWI International Institute is a great place to go. You got MCRC is a great place to go. Uh, I've been trying to do my part in the community. Uh, I like I said I give tours to people from outside who wants to know about these markets, who wants to know about the restaurants. I, I even get calls sometimes, hey, Matham, we want to do our uh, car inspection. Where should we go? And if you look at Parade Street, honestly, Parade Street is like going to a street in Brooklyn. It's so diverse. There is literally, I think I'm going to be nice about it, and I'm going to say there's like probably at least about 10, 15 businesses that are owned by New Americans on Parade Street, just Parade Street itself. Uh, if you look at the refugee population, today it's the highest number. And to be honest with you, what we have seen is that people, yes, you. Uh, I think it's becoming a, a new trend. Uh, in the old days, it used to be oh, you leave your country, you go to a refugee camp. Uh, but I think what we've seen a lot of the new a trend is that people who come from those countries and maybe they have a lot of money or somebody from outside can support them, actually they take the risk and navigate it through the countries that are closest to the water and trying to make it on boats. And if you look at the Mediterranean Sea, through Italy, through all these countries, that's what's happening and if you are lucky, you survive. If you're not, you die at the sea. Because what have we seen is that decrease to uh, in funding to refugee camps taking place. Uh, A lot of people are not getting the proper meals. If you look at the Bhutanese community that here in Erie, many of them actually had their kids in refugee camps. And what I'm talking about kids who are like 15, 16. So you get many of them who have lived in refugee camp for 10 to 15, 20 years. I interviewed a family from the Congo where I think they were at that refugee camp for 17 years. 17 years. And every time you apply, you go and you wait, you wait, and you get denied, you apply again, you get denied, you apply again. It's, it's sad, yeah. and we yeah. see babies, we see kids. You see, I was, in, I was in northern Iraq in the refugee camp. I had literally two hours to photograph what I needed to do. And one of the saddest ones was when the water truck came in, literally everybody just pounded on each other. Pound on each other for just water. Yeah, water.
0: That's what you see. Right.
1: Yeah, that's that's well, the reality.
2: That's the reality, and that's what what's happening around the world. That's what war is doing. That's I. I was in Amsterdam, and I literally saw a man in his sixties. People look at me and go like, "You're American," but I kind of know someone who's Arab, and you know, so. I literally walked by him, he was, he was just walking, like he looked like he's, he was sad, he was just devastated for something. So I just went up to him and I said, "Salam Alaikum. And literally he looks up to me and just wanted to cry. And so we just had like conversation, conversation. And it was just supposed to be a greeting, it turned into like an hour full of conversation. The man is in his 60s. He cannot speak that Dutch language. And he was telling me he used to be one of the top lawyers in Syria, in Damascus. Oh, wow. In Syria. He was telling me that actually he had his initials on his socks. He had his initials on his shirt. He had his initials on his tie. Yeah. He had the latest iPad in his office. And then one day, he gets on the boat with shorts and t-shirt and a bag of clothes and to cross over to greece that's the reality It's not we we don't anticipate it and that's the difference between a refugee and an immigrant you know an immigrant you can wake up next morning and you say you know what i have this amount of money i think i want to relocate to australia i want to relocate to america but a refugee we don't we don't have yeah you're not
0: choosing that right
2: we don't have a choice we had to Leave our country. We don't know what's gonna happen next, right. but we just have to leave. So, but I'm gonna come back to the arts because I think that's where we can for.
1: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Dogs, so we, we go off on tangents. It's
2: yeah, great. it's a. I I really think to be honest with you, I think we have, um, a really good community here. I think where we also miss is that we focus maybe on photography. We focus on film, but. What we have seen is actually a lot of people do have had that experience back home. Had the experience, whether they had a photo studio, whether they were doing videos for weddings and things like that. And what we also have seen is that once you go into a refugee camp, you want to make the best out of it. And you also want to make money. So we see a lot of seamstress. So a lot of people start sewing dresses and this and that. You have an event planner that starts at a refugee camp. It's You actually have refugee camps, like literally like a town. You have all that. Yeah. And I, when you come here, I think a lot of people are just like, wow, where am I at? Where do I go for this, for that? And I think maybe the outreach should start in the beginning, should maybe during the orientation, and hey this is what's available for you this is what uh, the right. erie art museum offers this is what the city of erie that's a, offers that's a really good idea you know yeah. it's like a welcoming package they probably you know?
1: go through a lot of questions about their like work history and work skills mm-hmm. but they should also ask do mm-hmm. you have any artistic skills Absolutely. that you could put to use mm-hmm. yeah
2: and i think to be honest with you i also think like it's time to take the arts to them maybe we can say hey because somebody, you'll give some people who are, yeah, maybe have a full-time job. They want to work. But you get people might be interested in developing. I didn't I didn't have a camera at three years old. I didn't have a camera at five or ten. I picked it up in literally in 2014. That's when I picked up a camera. Yeah. So imagine, I was, I think, I don't, I don't, like 25, 24, something like that. Mid-20s. You know, in, in my mid-20s. But... You have these individuals. Let's let's do that. outreach. Let's get them more active because I think we're so focused on like, oh, well, they don't come here. They don't come here. No, it's not that they don't come here. They just don't know how. They don't right. know how. No
0: one's there telling giving yeah. them information yeah. about it. And...
2: I mean, it's terrifying riding a, a bus. It's terrifying waking up at 2 in the morning to go to a plastic shop to get uh, to do your shift. It's terrifying, but I really believe I really believe that downtown, uh, I think we're also in an era where we need to bring people downtown. I think this is the time. This this is our time to do the outreach. It's our time to get really involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think we're fortunate that they have you as their voice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I do my best, that's for sure. I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like... um, it's them. If uh, if I didn't have their stories or I don't get to share their stories, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so here in this you. position. Yeah, absolutely. Do
0: yeah. you mind repeating a few of the resources that you talked about so we could link those down below?
2: Absolutely. So the Erie International Institute, Delaney Jackson does a really great job, and uh, she is she's doing really good, and I she's trying her best to get people active, to try to get her uh, doing her best. She has a great team to kind of spread the message about the available resources, maybe a grant or something like that. Uh, MCRC does a really good job. And that's the uh, multicultural resource center. Resource center, absolutely. So I, um, those are a few I can mention. There's really a lot. I, I also encourage people to go to if, If your car breaks down and you want to go to a mechanic shop and you feel that person is different than you, have a conversation because we love to share our story. We love to spread that. So my strength actually is to get involved in the community. So I attend mosques, I attend centers, uh, I attend events, especially cultural events, just so I know what's going on in the community as
0: well. Yeah, well, great. I think that's a great way to sum it up. Any last things you want to say before we end the roundtable discussion?
2: I'm glad to be here. I'm definitely. I hope I didn't overfed you guys. No, you did great. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, so, but I really, I really, really believe in Erie, and I think this is this is our time. Like this is our time to shine. I would say that. And if we if we want to say Erie is a great place to live, Erie is a great place to do this and to do that we need to come together and address these issues and then see how we can involve one another. I'm not talking about just even my, in your American community, I'm just talking about everybody in general. And lastly, I really hope that all big organizations and this and that, um, diversity inclusion plans really kind of have a redo and look at deeper things reality deeper than just writing it down on the paper but look around you i don't i traveled and to be honest with you i felt welcomed welcomed everywhere else but when i come to you is a lot of tensions a lot of tensions yeah but that's the reality of it i came to accept that
0: all right thank you for being here
2: of course thank you for having me
1: That's been our episode. Remember, you can buy tickets for Mean Girls at filmsocietynwpa.org or at The Door. And tickets are running out for Mean Girls, so do that right now. Doors open Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Check for sellout status updates on the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania's Facebook page. On July 15th's episode, our guest will be Patrick Fisher, who was mentioned in this episode. Again, he's the executive director at Erie Arts and Culture, and July 22nd we've got Craig Stadler, CTO of Erie Data Systems and creator of PDVid, a video search engine that's completely uncensored and uninvasive. Make sure you follow us on social media, you'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University's Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.